Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. Please take a moment and email us at mystory@cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click Give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the message today. Hey, welcome everybody. If you can't take your Bibles out, go to Matthew chapter 5. I have notes pulled up for you on our Cowboy Junction app. We're in a no-series potpourri month. Who knows what's going to happen the next couple of weeks as we just kind of break away from the norm, and I just preach what's on my heart. What's on my heart this week is something that I started with last week. Last week, we started in Matthew chapter 5, and we talked about the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is how to, how to have the blessed life. I think that means a lot to a lot of people in this room to just sit back and understand we don't take just being blessed for granted. We, we understand just how much is said when you said, when he says, this is how you lived a blessed life. Blessings are big for us around here because they come with the promises of God. And I want all that God wants to give me. I don't know about you guys, but I want all that God wants to give me. Um, in the Beatitudes, we understand that this is a completely different way of, of living than anybody ever knew about living up until this point. And Jesus turns and explains a portion of God's heart that, that, that these people looked at and they, they understood that, that they've been taught wrong all of these years. And so Jesus begins to go through what is the blessed life. At, at the end of this, we wrapped up last week's message with just talking about looking at the world differently that you're in and look, looking through the eyes of just being blessed. What does it mean to live life differently and see the blessings that can come from doing it God's way, okay? But today I want to continue on because if there's anything that's really caught my attention, it's this, this focus of what Jesus is trying to show us in, in this Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount continues in, in this Matthew chapter 5 verse uh, 13. I want you to look, pay, pay close attention. He says, you are the salt of the earth. He's talking to the believers. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Okay, listen closely, okay? It is then, it, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And so this is the part that Jesus turns and says, if we're going to live the blessed life, and if we're going to be called children of God, you've got to realize, you're the salt of the world. You bring a flavor, a God kind of flavor, that, 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 that is real. And, and let me read this to you in the Message Bible. In the Message Bible, it says this. It says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. That's why you're here. If you want to experience the blessed life, you're going to have to get salty. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you got to get salty. you got to get salty. Come on. Come on. That may mean we need to get away and get to a beach somewhere with salt oceans, but we need to get salty. We need to do something to get the salt back. There's some marriages in the room that you lost your salt. You lost your salt. And you're just going to have to get your salt back. The same God who made you salty is the same God that can get you salty again. And it goes on and says, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? How will people ever know what's out there that's better than the best they got? They're, they're looking at the best they have and they think, this is it. This is all 
life is. And God has so much more for their life. Not just yours, but for somebody you know. And how are they ever going to know what God has for them if you don't get salty? Okay? It continues on. Uh, it jumps down and Jesus kind of twists this a little bit. And he talks about the light. And he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, let me be very clear on this. The good works part kind of makes us a little nervous because none of us think we have good works. And if we ever do think we good, have good works, we beat ourselves up for it because it sounds self-righteous. You agree? So you can't win for losing. It, it's like Christians don't know how to live. It's like if we, if, if we let our light shine, we end up feel bad about it because we feel self-righteous and then we don't let our light shine anymore. All it takes is one heathen that's been in the church long enough to be able to work Christian lingo to turn to you and say, well, who do you think you are? Are you perfect? And every Christian goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to shine anymore. I won't shine. I won't shine. And I'm telling you this, you turn back to him and say, oh, quit it. You haven't shined in years. It's about time you pay attention to somebody who does. <laughs> Come on, you got to fire back. Some of these old Christian folks that just got their feelings hurt, then they get sarcastic. Sarcasm, that's the dumbest thing ever, golly. <laughs> totally overrated. <sighs> Take a breather, Ty, just relax. Just relax. I wanted to show you a little bit of what we're talking about today and getting salty, and letting your light shine. Uh, this is going to stay on all during service, and if it bugs you, that's good. That's good, because you better start liking the light. Uh, we want to talk about just letting your light shine and getting salty before the Lord. Now, now there's two messages today. I'll be really honest with you. These are two messages that are going to come together and make one big aha moment. If you read through the Beatitudes, you see these chunks that take place. And they're big chunks, and you could stop at each one of them. But in each one of them, you have to understand, this is whole, the one big whole sermon. If you guys ever think that Pastor Ty takes rabbit trails, I learned from the best. Jesus, okay? And, and Jesus teaches on all of these principles. But he does turn to you and expect you to pay attention. And he does turn to you and expect you to see a way of living that hasn't been taught. His way that has got polluted and distorted. And Jesus jumps in and begins to teach on all of it. And he jumps in at the beginning and he talks about the light and the saltiness. And, 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 and I, I brought some iodized salt here today just to remind you. Is there anybody, just, just real quick, anybody that you just feel like you've lost your saltiness? Just real quick. Anybody? Anybody? Just, just, just yeah, okay, come here. I want to I just, just remind you. I want to remind you of, of just the seasoning that can come from... Steve, you need some. Here, you. Here, here you go, buddy. There you go. You've got, you've got so many irons in the fire. I want to make sure you don't lose your saltiness, okay? Hold your hand up. Being a mom, being a mom can be one of those deals. You are leading the junior high group at Cowboy Junction Church. Lord knows you need some saltiness, okay? Now, now listen... It's, it's one of those, just take it, just put your tongue on it, just, just go ahead and take it, just take a little bit, don't take all of it, because you'll, then you'll be distracted the whole service. But there's a flavor, there's a savor, just to the point to where you think you don't need any salt, 
You add a little salt and you think, ooh, I'm glad I did that. Ooh, I'm glad I did that. So everybody do that at the same time. Ooh, I'm glad I did that. And that's how it is when you get your saltiness back. When you go back to realizing there was a reason, there was a joy, there was a flavor that came from doing it God's way. There's a saltiness. I lose my saltiness from time to time. I lose my joy building the wall. Working on the wall, I, I lose my, my saltiness. The reason I, why I say that, in Nehemiah, when he's rebuilding the wall, he goes back and he taps into the joy of the Lord is his strength. The joy of the Lord is what helps me build this wall. The joy of the Lord keeps me on this wall. I'm salty on this wall. And having the salt in what we do, having the salt when I preach, anybody can preach. Do y'all know that? Anybody, anybody can preach. God, God used a, a donkey. But to have fun preaching, that's salty. Yeah, preaching to people who don't listen. I preach, I've, I've led more empty chairs to the Lord than anybody on planet Earth. You going to work tomorrow. Everybody's going to work tomorrow. But are you going to be salty? Or do people flavor you instead of you flavoring people? And there's this whole message that comes from the light. The light. This is a dark world we live in. we got to remember, there's some saltiness that comes with getting to do what God called us to do. And we can't lose our joy now. But in doing good, don't grow weary don't go grow weary in, in, in doing good. Just at the point to where you're right where God wants you to be. Don't let your light go dim now. Don't get dim. Don't get bitter. Don't get... You, you've got kids. You've been praying for kids. And now that you've got kids, don't let your light go out. Come on, now's the time when you let your light shine. Say a hundred no's for every one thing that you know you're supposed to be doing to shine all the brighter. You live in a, you got a job. Everybody's got to have a job. But, but to let your light shine, Jesus is turning, and the first sermon he preaches is a powerful one. And it's one that we have to get if we're ever going to get what he says after it. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. However, however are people going to see the God flavor in life if you don't go and be the salt in the world you're in? And how are people going to see what God's plan is for their life and God's perfection and God's promises and God's best if you don't let your light shine before men. If we don't get this, we miss everything. Because the very next thing that takes place is Jesus makes a hard left. And this, believe it or not, is the same sermon. But he completely turns from the salt and light and some people stop there. But today... I think what happens in this message is Jesus wants us to pay attention to what we just heard and now hear what he has to say next. What he has to say next is found in verse 17. And he says this, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. Do not think I came to destroy all the laws that God gave you and all the words that the prophets spoke about the times to come. And that was a big deal. Because with this new message and this new way of living the blessed life, many people thought that the Messiah was going to do away with the old teachings. And Jesus did something amazing here. 
as he took the old teachings and he took the new Messiah, the Messiah who has always been prophesied, and instead of doing away with the old, he came in and he said, no, you're going to find that I didn't come to do away with the old. I actually came to show you how I've been here from the beginning. I want to show you a new way of living, and we're even going to go back to the old ways that God showed you, and you're going to see that they're not old. They're going to be fresh. We're going to dust them off for a new time, for a new season, and you're going to see that there is life that God has for you, and I'm going to combine them, and I came to fulfill. I did not come to destroy, but I came to fulfill the old things. Then it goes on. For assuredly I say to you, this is verse uh, of 18, says this, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law, till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one, the least of these commandments, and teaches men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in God's kingdom. The reason why I want to show this is because Jesus doesn't just say, I came to fulfill it. He then goes into details about explaining that these, every jot, every tittle, every law, every word, everything spoken from God to the prophets is important to him. And it should be important to us. And it makes many of us, in fact, the people sitting there on that day who thought that he was just going to do away with the old law because all they knew about the laws of God is they were entrapped and they could never fulfill them. They, they saw death and not life. And Jesus said, no, I'm going to teach you a different way of embracing all the things that God gives you. And you'll find that it's not entrapment. You'll find this, this is how we find life. Now, there's a few things I want to take a look at because Jesus here is talking about going back to the laws, okay? I want to talk about the gospel. The gospel, okay? Let me show you. Where, is it up there? We got it. Here we go. Nope. Where's the gospel? For the gospel is called the good news of God, okay? And it's this portion we have to realize the gospel is the, basically the New Testament. It's the story of Jesus. The gospel is the good news of Jesus, okay? And, and it comes in two parts. The gospel is the person of Jesus, and it's also the principles of Jesus. You may want to write this down. The reason why this is so important is because in the gospels we see that there's a life of God and there's the laws of God. We see that the gospel is about the king, and it also shows us the kingdom at work. Every kingdom has the principles that shows us how the kingdom works. The reason why this is so important is because for us to understand the principles of God, you find that throughout Scripture, every time someone practiced the principles of God, there was always a, a, a promise, or there was all kinds of reward from doing a simple principle. Let me give you an example. If we go back to the old laws, one of the first Scriptures that we taught our children was, Honor thy father and mother. There's a good reason why. Because we were teaching them. Yeah, but one of the first things that our children were taught is don't just listen to mom and dad. Don't just honor mom and dad. There's also a promise behind it. Honor thy father and mother and you will have a long life. If you honor your father and mother, there is a 
promise, there is a provision, there is some kind of reward that comes from it. Uh, look at tithing. No one wants to tithe, but when you look at tithing and you see that this is our moment not to, not to give to God, but to return to God. God says in Malachi, it's one of the coolest stories ever. He says, why do you rob me? Why do you rob me of blessing you? And the people turned to God and said, when have we ever robbed you? How could we rob you? You're God. They don't make a gun big enough for you. And God says, you're looking at it wrong. I am bigger than anything. You could never hold me up, but I am your father. And when you don't want me, I can't give you what I have for you as my son. You robbed me of blessing you. Why don't you return the tithe back to me? That 10% I asked for. And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven on your life. If you do what I'm asking you to do in the principles, see if there is not a reward for doing it my way. The reason this is so important is because Jesus just said, go be the salt and go be the light. And then he turns and says, hey, I didn't come to do away with the principles. I came to step in and to say, I'm all about doing it my father's way. And in doing it my father's way, you see how God uses me, and then you see if God doesn't use you too. Look at important scriptures like Psalms chapter 19, uh, verse, verse uh, 105. It says, your word, your principles are a lamp to my feet. Now we've heard that before, but, but look at the very next verse, verse 6. Is it verse 6 or verse 7? There he goes. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Many people don't ever get to that scripture because they only know the portion where it says, your principles are a lamp to my feet. It lights up my path. And you see that the man's actually in trouble. And one of his ways of rebounding, if you will, from going from, from being in the hurt place that he's in into rebounding and getting back on track, on path, is he says, I have to go back to your word. Because your word gets me back on track. Did, we just, did it just burn out? No stinking way. Somebody in here, your light just burned out. Okay? <laughs> and Jesus turns and says, he says, hey, listen. You've got to keep in mind. Here's a guy in Psalms who is on rock bottom. And he can have a choice to sit there and go, how did I get here? It happened to me. How come it didn't happen to somebody else? Look at all the things I did. I'm such a horrible person. And Jesus says, look at Psalms. And he was on rock bottom. And he says, you know what has got men after men after men back on track? Is to go back to your word and remember how your, your, your word was a lamp to my feet. It lit up my path and it showed me the way. And that's how I get out of the mess I'm in. God's word is protocol. Now, now look at this word. This is so, so important. Protocol is the word of the day. Everybody say protocol. protocol. The reason why protocol is important, it's not even a word we use. We don't, we don't use that word very often. But I want you to write it in your Bibles. And the reason why I want you to remember protocol is because there is a right way to do everything. But when you choose to walk in protocol, it opens doors of blessings in your life. Let me give you an example. I don't, even, I, I don't ever go to my parents' house without calling first. You know, well, yeah, 
whoever your parents are, I would just suggest call first before you go over. It shows respect. Okay? And it's one of those things to where I could walk up. I'm, I'm, I'm a son. And I could walk up right in, pull right in, knock on the door, say, hey, I'm here. And then they shut everything they're doing down because they're good hosts and they love their children. Would you agree? Okay. But protocol can shut down so many blessings because I don't choose to walk into it because sometimes as kids, we just think we're, we're, just, we're important enough to just walk in whenever we want to walk in. And one day you're going to walk on something you don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah, do that someday. Yeah, there you go. Wow, try to, try to unsee that one. And so here you are, and you overstep protocol. When, when you, if you want to spend time with me, let me just tell you, I've had people show up in my office, and it was an emergency. And let me just tell you, I'm glad you showed up. I'm glad you felt like that it was important for me to be in your life at that moment. But I've had other people that, that just barged right in and blew up everything we were doing. We were in a staff meeting. We were planning on leading people to Jesus. And they walked in and said, can I talk to you? And they just overstepped protocol completely. And when I stepped out the back and I said, yes, what's wrong? What can I pray with you? Oh my gosh, I just got a speeding ticket. Oh, it's my first speeding ticket ever. No, I'm, I'm being silly. But can you see how protocol brings blessings on your life? And if you can walk in protocol, you can experience doors being opened as people give you more and more permission because they understand that you respect their time. You respect what they have to say. There's nothing like having a son to where you turn to and ask him to do something on the first time you ask him, and he does it. And then when he turns to you and asks you if he can do something, you go absolutely because you respect me and I respect you. And protocol is this word that Jesus turns and says, I didn't come to diminish the law or God's protocol. I came to actually give it more clout. Give it more understanding. I want you to see that I'm about my father's business. And when you see that it is a light to our path and it's salt in our life, all of a sudden the next words that come out of Jesus' mouth is so important. Jesus begins to go on the list and he begins to bring up old protocol and begins to show the heart of God behind it. Some people just get kinked up. And, and no matter how much they try to see God do something in their life, it's just not coming. But the big reason is, if we never know God's ways, how will we ever know how to fix something that we didn't know was wrong? How are you ever going to know how to walk in truth if you never study his truth? And a part of protocol is not you walking around going, he loves me, he loves me, I'm a Christian. A part of protocol is realizing that when you accepted Jesus, peace came and you are a Christian. But prosperity comes when you learn how to do it God's way. And he can show you the areas that you've got the kink. Because a minute ago when I turned to someone and said, 
honor thy father and mother and you will have a long life. It throws you in your tracks because you don't have a good relationship with your parents. And then you begin to think, oh my gosh, well, I have a long life. And I can't answer that. All I'll tell you is, I think God wants you to make things right with your parents so that he can start at least doing some things that he hasn't been able to do before because of the bitterness and anger that you've carried because you didn't know that it was important to God. Tithing. Tithing is one of those things I truly believe with all my heart, and Heather and I say that you can, you can go, you can, you can have more and do more. You, we, we've seen 90% go further and last longer than if we tried to live off 100%. And we've literally sat down and not wanted to address the, the not, not wanted to address the issue, and then all of a sudden we decided to do it God's way and to walk through with his protocol, and he unkinked something that we could have never done in our life. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll give you an idea too. Anybody in the room want God's presence in your life? You want, you want to just know that God's there? Well, guess what? If worship doesn't become important to you, you will never be able to have his experience. And I don't just make that up. The Bible says that God dwells in the praises of his people. There's many different ways that God asks for praises. He says, serve me. Well, guess what? If you don't like serving, you're not going to serve. You say, return to me. And if you don't like returning to God, if tithing isn't something you're interested in, if worshiping, when well, the songs play, when we have an opportunity to worship God and tell him how much you love him, and you say, well, I'm just not expressive. You just name three areas of your life that God asks for, but you don't research it and study it and look for it. And that's why God can't do what he wants to do, but it's not because of him. It's because you allow the kinks. And Jesus says, it's important to me because once you do it, once you see in the instruction book how I work, see if I won't start flowing. Come on. So let's look at some other things. Let's, let's, here are the first things he throws up. Jesus turns and says this. He says, uh, you have heard that it is said to those of old. So there's this Old Testament teaching. You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. You think we got that? So the Old Testament uh, uh, teaching says this. Do not murder because it is not a good thing. That's a, that's a Thai bean translation. Yeah, okay. Uh, let me give you an idea how serious it is. David was a warrior. David was a mighty warrior and we respect him for it. But when the temple came around to be built, God says, I love you, but you won't build my temple because there's blood on your hands. That's how big a deal it was. And so we all sit there and think, okay, I haven't killed anybody. Where's... It not, why is it still not working in my life? What he says next. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And this is this portion to where we choose to see how deep this can go. Murder in the physical, we understand what that is. But murder in the heart, I never thought about that one. And all of a sudden it's this moment that it is such a big deal. Am I going to allow God to talk to me about this? Or am I willing to just go without to keep this in my life? And Jesus says, you're going to have to address the issue and you're going to have to get salty with forgiveness. You're going to have to, we got another light. Let me have another light because apparently this person went to heaven. And <laughs> yeah, so, so leave it to Abby. She, give it up for Abby. That's, that's so cool. And by the way, 
If you'd like to be baptized next week, Abby would love to tell you more about baptism because honestly, in Scripture, it says you need to be baptized. And some of us sit there and fight it and fight it and fight it, but we don't be baptized because it's a church thing. That's one of your first acts of obedience. It's just to go, I'm going to do it because God wants me to do it. I don't need a reason why. I'm going to do it because God wants me to do it. Does that make sense? So, so Jesus turns, and let me just tell you, I, I, I brought some different salts. Uh, there's actually different salts in the world. Did y'all know that? There, there's all kinds of different salts. We flew these in for Heather's birthday years ago, and, and this, I just finally found a reason to use them. Some of, some of you, <laughs> some of you need some Him, Himalayan Indian salt, okay? And, and it's just, well, Jerry, try this, try this. Now, does it look different? It looks different, doesn't it? Try, try a little bit of it. Here's the funny thing. It looks different, but it tastes the same. And some of your living for Jesus is going to look different in so many ways, but it's going to taste the same. Okay? It's going to look different, but it's going to taste the same. You're going to look at this and you're going to go, I don't know. I've never seen anybody do this before. It's going to look different, but it's going to be a little salty. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a little salty. Okay? And, 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 and then Jesus turns and he says this. He says, look at the next one he says. He says, You've heard that it's, oh yeah, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you should not commit adultery, okay? But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman lustfully for, for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, the reason why this is a big one is because many people were living above the law. And many people were looking and saying, yeah, well, I haven't committed adultery. But flirtatiousness, if you ever, here's something told me a long time ago, Ty, if you marry a flirtatious woman, you will have a flirtatious wife. And I just steered away from flirtatious girls. And the reason why is because you can commit adultery and the pain cuts deep. But if you're married to someone who constantly flirts, it's a thousand cuts. Which one would you have, rather have? A death with a single blow or a death from a thousand cuts? And that's what sometimes it's like being married to someone who flirts. But baby, I'm committed to you. I've never, I've never stepped out. I've never, never done anything. But having to live with you is like a thousand cuts. And Jesus turns and says, okay, yeah, the adultery part you get, but do you understand adultery of the heart? And, and, and let me just, uh, Mary, taste this. So this, this is, check this out. This is Hawaiian volcanic salt. Yeah, it, this is a whole different way of living. Hold it, you know, your dad may say, what's wrong with flirting? I mean, what's wrong? And you will sit down and, and say, well, it hurts my wife. It hurts my wife. And it looks, it looks completely different. But tell me what it, how does it taste. How does it taste? Does it taste good? What's it taste like? It tastes like salt. <laughs> Who'd have thought? And it's this whole different way of living. Whole different way of living. It's this thought of, you know what? I thought I was keeping what I needed to keep. But now I understand. I've allowed Jesus on my outside, but I haven't allowed Jesus to go to work on my inside. And it's this whole principle. It's this whole principle and procedure and protocol of looking and saying, do I allow life in me? And if I allow life in me, see if life doesn't come out of me. And I would turn to husbands and say, you've got to pay attention to the things that you would think is good enough. And God doesn't want your good enough. God wants to give you all of him. We don't want your good enough. We want more of him, don't we? I, want, I don't want people to see me. 
I want him to fill me up so much that all of me gets flushed out and all of him gets let go. I wish I had this hooked up. I wish I could just, <laughs> just let you guys. Okay. All right, here's the next one. It says this. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. Now, everybody breathe. I'm not, I'm not going to go where you think I'm going to go, but I, but I do want to cover this, okay? Then it says this, verse 32. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for a reason, for any reason except sexual morality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. This is one of the key parts I wanted to get to today. Because in the days that this was being preached, one of the legal ways to be divorced, and it was just the, the law of Moses. So you can't get bigger than the law of Moses. It's a big deal. And, and Moses gave permission that if you want a divorce, you just have to get out a piece of paper, write divorce, give it to your wife, and you are legally unbound from your marriage. The problem with it is, is that the moment that divorce took place like that, the man received all the rights and the woman received nothing. Okay? So she was literally kicked out to the street and the man could have everything. He could move on to the next woman. He could keep all the money. And, and this was something that, that uh, Jesus, even Moses said, listen, some of you can't be married. Some, some of you can't be married but even turned and said, you're going to have to give at least a letter of divorce. And this is this moment to where you see that many people were like, okay, I gave, I gave her a letter just like the law said. Where is what I want? And Jesus says, okay, time out. This is this moment that you have to realize that the moment that you did it the way the law said to do it, a different kind of kink the other direction took place in your life. Did you see that? I'm going to show you. Your marriage is suffering. And the only answer you think it is, is divorce. So you did it God's way. And it put a completely different kind of kink in your life. The kink of legalism. And the kink of legalism is this moment that you may do everything God's way and still not do it God's way. You may do it every way God says to do it and not have God's heart in doing it. And go down the list of every area that the scripture tells us to do. Forgive somebody. And have you ever forgiven somebody and just not liked it? Yeah, think about that one. Have you ever given and you didn't give joyfully? Might as well just kept it. Have you ever, have you ever stepped out and, and uh, served? And served and did everything that day they asked you to do. But you were, the, you were a grouch. An absolute grouch. Have you ever faked it? Just, just absolutely just walked in the church, just, just completely sat through the whole service, and everything we're doing is focusing towards Jesus, and all you're doing is thinking about that one thing that will not take your focus. Well, it, it keeps your focus, and keeps your focus, and keeps your focus, and keeps your focus, and the next thing you know, an hour and 15 minutes later, you go, oh, best sermon ever. Unbelievable. Gosh, Pastor Ty, golly, brought me tears to my eyes. Come on, come on. Let me show you this real quick. You can see how God wants you to do it and decide to do it 
and then have not the right intentions in doing it. And it's a whole nother twist of manipulation. And Jesus turns and says, come on, you're better than that. There, there's people watching in how you handle the situation. And they notice that you know scripture, but they see your life. And your life preaches louder than any scripture you'll ever quote. Your life preaches louder than any other quote. Come on. It's time to get salty. One of my favorite salty scriptures is the next one. Verse 36. What is it? 36? I can't remember which, which one is it. Go to the next one. It says, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. Sometimes you're just going to have to get salty and take a loss. Sometimes you're going to have to get salty and decide that my ex doesn't have to win everything. My ex has to get some too. My wife, I have to be very careful what battles are worth fighting when I don't want to be battling with my wife. I got to get salty. I got to get salty in some areas that I don't want to get salty in. And I got to sometimes get let my yes be yes and my no's be no. And it's just a time to realize I don't have to make promises. I don't have to make promises. I don't have to swear to the world. I just have to be a person of integrity and follow through on the things asked. Here's the next one. Oh yeah, for you have heard that it was said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Man, this is the old mosaic way. Verse 39. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. So this is my last and final one. Let me show you. It's this moment in your life you're going to have to realize that Jesus closes with four or five little one-liners. And it's the whole issue, okay, about people in our life and asking for more than we think we should give them, okay? Last week I made this statement. Remember I said last week, y'all know what, just, have y'all ever had a good friend that wanted the best for everybody? Have you ever had that good friend that would do anything for anybody? And Jesus has this kind of, I guess, cascade growth. It's this moment to where he takes something and he just kind of grows on it and grows on it, and grows on it, and he gets a salty way of teaching. And he says, hey, listen, there's going to have to be some times in your life that when an evil person comes and slaps you on the face, you're just going to have to learn how to turn the cheek. When the Mosaic Law just said, if someone punches you on the cheek, you punch them on the cheek. If they take your hand, we take their hand. If they take your cloak, you, you take their cloak. It's a hand for a hand, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, the whole deal. And Jesus turns and says, yeah, but there's some times that you're just going to have to get salty. There's some times you're just going to have to sit there and just get salty. Anybody know Mark Hicks? Mark Hicks is a dear friend of our family. And several years ago, I preached this. And I pulled out a chair and I sat down. And I said, some of you don't listen to your words. And right now, I want to show you what your words sound like or what they what your words look like and I grabbed the bar stool and I took off my glasses and I closed my eyes and Mark Hicks had full permission and he reaches back and right here on stage knocked the fire out of me as every uh, we're not doing it again but it, <laughs> don't get excited y'all that was the first time some of y'all set up in your chair like where's Mark this is great <laughs> and I want to see I want to show everybody sometimes sometimes you have to then turn and you have to turn the other cheek and it's salty. You know, the moment Mark hit me, I realized we had three other services to do. <laughs> yeah, three other services. 
There's a moment that you have to realize you don't have to do it even by what the law tells you. But there's a deeper way that requires a deeper understanding of God's way for the moment that you're in. Jesus turns and says this, verse, 30, uh, verse 40. If anyone wants to sue you, ouch, ouch, and take your tunic, let him have your cloak too, and I'm going to turn to you as your pastor. And if you come to me and you say, should I sue this person? I'm going to tell you yes. I'm going to tell you, heck yeah, you stick it to them. But there's some times that Jesus doesn't want the answer to come from your pastor. He wants you to have a relationship with him so he can tell you what you need for the moment you're in. And is it important to get lawyers involved sometimes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mediators are important. But sometimes you're just going to have to turn and look and say, Honey, this is different. We're going to have to get salty if this is going to do something in our family. Because if we win this case, it could change our entire life for not good. But if we allow God to do what he needs to do, this could change everybody's life for the better. And you're going to have to get salty. The next one says this. And whoever compels you to go one mile, it's in this time you've got to learn to go two. Can I have the worship team come up? Hey, there's some times in your life you're just going to have to get salty. You're just going to have to decide, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if there's some times that people are asking you to go one mile, and then to turn around and realize that the trip you thought was going to be one mile long is actually two miles and it quite possibly could be four. But to have the kind of saltiness, to have the perseverance, to go with them with whatever it takes. You know what we need more of? A more whatever it takes spirit. Come on, who am I talking to? A more of whatever it takes spirit. Jesus closed with this. Give to him who asks you, and for him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Which, which Jesus turns and says, and he caps it on. You're your faith is going to have to be in the Lord. Listen to me. Your trust is going to have to be in the Lord. This is some of the ways that people finally get to see a practical living Jesus in somebody's life. And not a cookie cutter church Jesus which everybody's heard about and to actually see the flavor of God that's a big deal because let's face it even church can get bland sermons can get bland but we're going to have to get oh look at you you were listening you're going to have to get come on come on stand to your feet turn to your person next to you and say come on let's get a little salty Let's get a little salty. Let's, let's take this worship time right now. Come on. And let's sing to our God who puts a little salt in our life to be the person that he's called us to be. Come on. Let's sing it. Let's sing it to our God.
with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Uh, I, I'm just, just thinking, I, I want to just take I, I got I, two minutes. Um, worship team, you, you can never lose your saltiness. Don't you ever lose your saltiness. There's no doubt you, 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 you shine bright. Don't say shine bright. Don't say shine bright. Yeah. But listen, don't you lose your saltiness. Don't let our faces dictate your saltiness. Okay? Don't let our attitudes change your saltiness. Sometimes we need you to be just as salty. I want people to walk in and go, dang, it's salty. Man, they put too much salt in this. Good. Because y'all came in a little bland. I came in a little bland. I, I want to speak to you guys because we, I've never done this before. But I want you guys to specifically know that your saltiness flavors this day for us it does it does i'm telling you it does and and yeah and i just just the same way i took table salt sometimes you just gotta take a little salt and put it on your tongue and just realize that's it that's i gotta have the joy of the lord today i gotta have worship in my heart rain on these jokers i am singing to jesus today and you know what when you notice when you notice they're up here and they're playing and they are trying with all their heart to keep their saltiness, you sit back and wonder if it could be us that's changing the atmosphere to where we didn't come into this place to change the atmosphere. We came in, the, in this place to allow the atmosphere to change us. Does that make sense? Come on. Yeah, so don't y'all lose your saltiness. And y'all, don't you lose your saltiness. The prayer team's coming up, and they're going to be over here and over here. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, today is your day. And they would love for you to walk up and, and, and to see Lynn or Al and to walk up and go, I need Jesus. And those two gentlemen and, and these folks over here, they would love to tell you about how to see the light bring the peace of God in your life. How great is our God. Father, today I pray for my friends and I pray that you would bless them as they all, we go and choose to be the lights of the world. This is a dark place, Father, but you are living in us. Father, I pray for the saltiness to show the God flavors of life. Lord, we love you. Use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So to go love God, love people, and have no limits. God bless you guys and have a great week in the Lord. See you later.